This week's show is sponsored by ManCrates.com. Very simple sell for you. You're having a hard time coming up with a Father's Day gift for a significant other, for your dad, for your husband, for yourself that you got to put on a list. Go to ManCrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, ManCrates.com slash Eric. You will find something for everyone there who's a guy. And they come in these big wooden crates with a crowbar that you got to open. They're awesome. From bar sets to knife sets to beer brewing sets to whiskey appreciation sets to hunting gifts to sports. Go to mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Good evening and welcome. It's Eric Erickson here, nine after the hour. Before we do anything else, we need to listen to this. CBS World News, Bob Trout speaking. And again, we bring you the available report all of them from German sources, on what the Berlin radio calls the invasion. There is still no Allied confirmation from any source. Correspondents who rushed to the War Department in Washington soon after the first German broadcast was heard were told that our War Department had no information on the German reports. There's been no announcement of any sort from Allied headquarters in London. The first news of the German announcement reached this country at 12.37 a.m. Eastern Wartime. The Associated Press recorded this broadcast and immediately pointed out that it could be one which Allied leaders have warned us to expect from the Germans. Shortly after 1 a.m. Eastern Wartime, the Berlin Radio opened its news program with a so-called invasion announcement. Columbia's shortwave listening station here in New York heard the Berlin Radio say, and I quote, Here is a special bulletin. Early this morning, the long-awaited British and American invasion began when paratroops landed in the area of the Somme estuary. The harbor of La Havre is being fiercely bombarded at the present moment. Naval forces of the German Navy are off the coast fighting with enemy landing vessels. We've just brought you a special bulletin. End of the quotation. That is the invasion announcement as heard from the Berlin radio by Columbia's shortwave listening station. Now here's what Transocean, one of the German news agencies, says, and I quote, Early Tuesday morning, landing craft and light warships were observed in the area between the mouth of the Somme and the eastern coast of Normandy. At the same time, paratroops were dropped from numerous aircraft on the northern tip of the Normandy Peninsula. It is believed that these paratroops have been given the task of capturing airfields in order to facilitate the landing of further troops. The harbor of La Havre is at the moment being bombarded. And, continues the broadcast, German naval forces have engaged enemy landing craft off the coast. The Transocean broadcast, still unconfirmed, concludes this way. The long-expected Anglo-American invasion appears to have begun. That was the very first broadcast about D-Day to be heard in the United States. It was from CBS Radio at the time. Uh, CBS uh, jumping ahead uh, shortly thereafter, followed by others, including this station, WSB, um, then at the time, an NBC radio affiliate, all beginning to broadcast. People got up in the middle of the night uh, as these broadcasts started flowing in. They were going into churches across the United States, churches here in Atlanta. Uh, people filled the churches and began praying for the troops as the news broke. People knew it was probably coming. There had been press reports suggesting something would be happening. But before it could happen, men you might have heard of, men by the name of, say, Chuck Yeager, 
uh, were in Europe, had jumped in ahead of time, training French underground forces to begin blowing up bridges that led into Normandy. They coordinated their timing. They began blowing up infrastructure in France to prevent the Germans from getting reinforcements onto the beaches at Normandy and elsewhere as the D-Day invasion happened. And then the invasion began. As the sun rose, the sea choppy, the water not good, people throwing up in the boats, a terrible thing, gunning, being gunned down, some of them because of the hail of fire from the Germans coming in, jumping overboard, trying to get there, but drowning because of the weight of their backpacks. It all happened on this day in 1944. And because of it, because of the bravery of those men, because of the deaths of so many of those men, the Nazis were pushed back and the war was won, beginning on this day in 1944. Now, before I get into this Obama story about Iran, really big story, and if, if Donald Trump had done this, it would be wall-to-wall media coverage. There's another story I want to talk about first, though. It is uh, the report from Vladimir Putin that he and Donald Trump have a great working relationship and they talk all the time. I don't believe it, and here's why I don't believe it. Every time there is a story about President Trump talking to a world leader, it leaks. And it always leaks in a leak designed to embarrass the president every single time. Whether it's with the Japanese prime minister, the Australian prime minister, the British prime minister, today the Canadian prime minister, you name it. There are always leaks. They are always designed to make the president look bad. Nothing would make the president look worse than if he was having regular cordial conversations with Vladimir Putin. And there has not been a leak about these conversations. So I really think this is one of those things where Putin is trying to play the American media and it's certainly working with liberal reporters in the United States eating the story alive. Uh, but I have a real hard time believing that it is actually true given the lack of leaks, given the lack of transcript leaks and whatnot. And I realize we got rid of the one girl uh, who was in Augusta, uh, an outside national security contractor who leaked the transcript of the call with the Australian prime minister, but she's not alone. These leaks have come directly from the White House. And this hasn't happened, so I don't believe that the story is true. Now, the Obama situation, if, if Donald Trump had done this, the left would be howling for his impeachment. Barack Obama, after trying to sell the Iran deal, the, the United States Congress refused to allow Iran access into American markets. So the Obama administration did it anyway against the will of Congress and then lied to Congress about it. The United States Senate has released an investigation today. It's 53 pages. Rob Portman is the chairman of the committee that oversaw this, and it finds that Obama administration officials lied to Congress about Iranian involvement in the United States markets. Iran wanted to convert their currency into dollars. They could have converted their currency into euros, but because some of the money was frozen in American bank accounts, it was easier to convert it to dollars than going through a multi-step process to transfer funds into European accounts and, and do conversions there, and the Obama administration let it happen. It was against not just the will of Congress, but against express laws prohibiting the Iranians from doing it, and the Obama administration did it anyway. 
if Donald Trump had done this, Democrats right now would be calling for his impeachment. But they don't want to make eye contact with the story because the Democrats have continued to construct this fantasy world uh, that conveys the sense that Barack Obama was scandal-free, that his administration was scandal-free. Now, of course, it's not true. Uh, but the Democrats want you to believe and, and they want the rest of the world to believe that his administration was scandal free. Never mind Fast and Furious. Never mind Loretta Lynch talking to Bill Clinton. Never mind the Hillary Clinton email scandal. Uh, never mind what the FBI has done. Um, never mind all those things. They want you to believe there were no scandals. And this is another one they've got to ignore so that you can believe there are no scandals. They allowed the Iranians to do something in contravention of federal law and then lied to Congress about it. Uh, if Barack Obama were still president, the left would be defending it, doubling down on defending him, even though it would be an impeachable offense. Let me take a quick time out for a word for a very awesome sponsor whose glass I might have sitting next to me as I record this, uh, and that would be Man Crate. So y'all listen. Whether you're getting gifts for yourself, you got to like do a list for your family to give you something or you're buying for your dad or someone else. Uh, the fact is that gift giving for guys, particularly guys who can buy stuff for themselves, is difficult, uh, which is why I really like man crates. And this Father's Day, you can get your dad or put it on the list for yourself, something for your dad. There is like a whiskey appreciation crate or a knife making crate. They actually come in wooden crates with a crowbar for you to open. I got one from Man Crates a while back, and it was a personalized bar set. Uh, it had pint glasses for beer with my name on them. It had uh, coasters with my name on it. It was really cool. Really like Man Crates. Uh, have for a while. It is a great way to get a good gift for a guy. You can get special Father's Day discounts today at mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a limited time offer. It's only for Father's Day. So go today. That's mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a good gift. You'll enjoy it for yourself and whoever you get it for, they're going to enjoy it too. Okay, so speaking of Iran, um, you know, they, they have announced that they have built a centrifuge to process nuclear materials um, for their armament program, defense programs. Y'all, there are liberals out there today saying if Donald Trump had not abandoned the Iran deal, this would not have happened. I am not a rocket scientist. But one does not need to be a rocket scientist to know that a nation cannot build a nuclear centrifuge in two weeks. It takes a long time to build a nuclear centrifuge. It takes months and months, if not more than a year, to build a nuclear centrifuge. And yet Iran somehow was able to do it in the last two weeks. What is more likely... That Iran was able to build a nuclear centrifuge to refine uranium into weapons-grade material, or that Iran has been doing it for more than a year when they were supposedly in the nuclear agreement. I would submit to you it is far more likely that Iran was building the nuclear centrifuge while telling the world it was not, and Barack Obama was telling everyone how trustworthy the Iranians were, than that they were somehow miraculously, magically able to build a centrifuge in two weeks. Just doesn't happen that way. 
the physics of it is impossible for them to do it. But of course, the left will believe that it was a, a mirror. I mean, maybe Harry Potter uh, pointed his wand over there and 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 somehow orchestrated some sort of chant and incantation with his miracle magical wand sharing a core with Voldemort's wand to be able to build a centrifuge in two weeks. Maybe Harry Potter did it. Maybe Gandalf showed up. I don't know. Um, maybe, you know, they could have found the genie's lamp from Aladdin. They could have found the genie's lamp and they could have wished one of their three wishes for a nuclear centrifuge and boom, the genie of the lamp has done it in the last two weeks. I mean, that 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 is more likely than that they actually went through a construction process and were able to begin to end, finish it in two weeks. It didn't happen, folks. They've been doing this all along. And the reason you're not hearing a lot of media story coverage about this is because it would yet again be another story that reveals that the Obama administration was lying the whole time and that this whole deal was a scam and that Iran was taking advantage of it in order to advance their nuclear program. Yet again, another example of liberal media bias favoring Barack Obama against the truth. Welcome back. It is 39 after the hour. Uh, yes, there were elections across the nation. And yes, the trend lines continue to suggest that uh, the Democrats will have a good November, but perhaps not as good as they wanted. They were really, really worried in California that the Democrats would be shut out of a number of races because there were so many Democrats running and so few Republicans running. Essentially, in a number of districts, what could have happened, because everybody, Democrat and Republican alike, are on the ballot together, um, they could have seen a scenario where the Republicans just have two candidates who voters divide between and the Democrats divide between 17 to 20 candidates, putting just Republicans on the November ballot. Now, the California ballot, one thing you do need to understand, I got a couple of questions from people overnight about this that I just told them, listen to the show today and I would answer. No, actually, I gave them the answer. But nonetheless, um, if someone gets over 50%, do they still have to run in November? And the answer is yes. Uh, and the reason is because uh, these are the, the constitutional requirement that the general election happen the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. You still have to have an election. So even though someone gets over 50 percent on the ballot now, they've got to be back on the ballot with the number two vote getter in November. And something could change between now and then. I doubt it will. The Gavin Newsom is going to be the Democratic uh, governor of California now uh, in November. He won overwhelmingly. But. Uh, John Cox, I believe his name is, he is the Republican who will be number two on the ballot. Republicans were very worried that they would not have a Republican on the ballot. Now, this is an interesting case because um, the guy did not support Donald Trump. In fact, he was rather vocally against Donald Trump in 2016. Uh, but Donald Trump came out and supported him anyway, tweeting his support. Uh, and the, the RNC pushing the president's support for the guy because they need a Republican on the ballot in November against Gavin Newsom so that Republicans will turn out down ballot. Um, interestingly enough, there was another race out there in the Napa Valley area. A Democrat in the state house was recalled and replaced by a Republican. This is another example, I think, of the media bias we're seeing across the country in these election scenarios where if this was a Republican who lost to a Democrat in a recall effort, this would be major national headlines. 
But this was a Democrat who lost, and there's a, a key significance in this. This is a state legislative race out in the Napa Valley area, north of San Francisco. The Democrats have lost their supermajority. That's a really big deal. Uh, I'm assuming most of you knew that Democrats had a supermajority in the California legislature and on, in both, both houses. And because of that, um, they could get anything they wanted done. Well, now they can't because one of their Democratic cons- um, members has lost, a state senator. And with the loss of the state senator, the Republicans now have cut short the Democratic supermajority, and they're not going to be able to legislate as they will in the state legislature, which is a really good thing. But had this happened to Republicans, I mean, look, there was a a Missouri seat last night that fell in a special election to a Democrat. It had gone five points for Donald Trump and then went to a Democrat. And this is a huge national headline today. They were talking about it on on multiple media outlets that this was another sign of the blue wave. But yet here in California, this seat went by 10 points to Hillary Clinton and a Republican picked it up. And they're not saying anything about it. Bias. Oh, before I forget, um, I may have to sneak out a little early and I'll make it seamless and painless so you never know that I've sneaked out a little early. Um, just to get down from the station to Noonan, I'm speaking tonight at seven, uh, in Noonan. So at the, uh, Noonan Church of Christ. So you can come by. Uh, I will assuming traffic is okay. I will be able to get there on time. Um, be there by seven if you can. I hope to be there as well. So nonetheless, uh, I digress. Now, the other thing you do need to know about the blue wave that is supposedly coming is that nationwide, the trend lines for Democrats are starting to suffer because of the Democrats' war on guns, among other things. And the media doesn't want to tell you that. The media wants to tell you that uh, the Democrats don't have a, a consistent message against the Republicans, but the data is actually starting to show that even among millennial voters, even among voters 18 to 21, the Democrats' anti-gun message is starting to hurt them at the polls. And that's a good thing. Um, The Democrats are convinced that the anti-gun message is going to help them in November. And I hope they keep pushing it because the data is starting to show that it's not. And by the way, there is a reason the Democratic National Committee got involved in these California races and worked very hard to hurt a number of pro-gun control, uh, super progressive candidates because they're afraid Republicans will use them in November. And the DNC didn't do very well stopping a lot of them from getting on the ballot. That's going to be a problem for them in November. President Trump has granted clemency to Alice Johnson. This is the lady Kim Kardashian was lobbying for, went to the White House to speak to the president about. He has not pardoned her. He has granted her clemency. That is, he has cut short her prison sentence. Uh, Alice Johnson was a a woman who in the early 90s uh, got involved in money laundering and cocaine trafficking. She did it because she was going through a messy divorce, uh, went bankrupt, lost her job, and was on the verge of losing her home and was lured into doing it. She never actually sold cocaine herself. What she did is she was a middleman. She would connect people together to make the transaction happen, among other things. 
Um, Prosecutors had recommended Barack Obama not pardon her or not grant her clemency, and he didn't. Uh, Three times her application was made and three times it was denied. Uh, Kim got the notice of Kim Kardashian, and she was able to get to President Trump, who granted her clemency. Um, Alice Johnson has gotten her degree. She's become an ordained minister. She has been working in prison ministry, uh, working amongst gangs in the female prisons and leading people to Christ and helping people with their education and and all that. Um, And so the president said, you know, it's clear she... She has reformed. She was serving a life sentence um, because of the the uh, prison reforms in the 90s that cracked down on drug trafficking crimes. Uh, because she was serving as a middleman and money laundering was involved, she was sentenced to life. Um, and so now she has clemency. I, this is good, and it's, it's amazing to me to watch a bunch of liberals outraged by this because the president didn't pay attention to the prosecutor. Yeah, there are actually liberals out there complaining that the president didn't pay attention to the prosecutor's recommendation, and he should have, just like Barack Obama. Uh, You and I both know that if a Democrat had pardoned Alice Johnson, uh, they would not be saying a word. He didn't. The Democrat didn't. Well, it doesn't matter. What does matter, and I do think is a concern, is that by and large, the people the president has pardoned or granted clemency to thus far have had celebrity or or prominent conservative support. And I think that's a dangerous message for the president to send, and I hope his team will take it under advisement, that they shouldn't just be granting clemency or pardons to people who have celebrity endorsement for such an action. There are plenty of people in federal prison who need help, who have seen the area of their ways, who were over-sentenced or whatnot, who, who do have tragic situations, who have reformed themselves, who have clearly demonstrated they no longer need to be in prison, and they don't have celebrity support, and so they're still there. And I hope the president takes the time and allows the pardon and, and clemency lawyers of the DOJ to take the time to find and seek those cases that don't have celebrities but who have similar fact patterns so that they can also grant clemency or pardon to them. Now, when we come back, the Melania Trump coverage, we really do need to spend some time on this because the media is in defensive mode over this, and the example they're using doesn't quite work. Unconfirmed by allied sources, of course, says that heavy fighting is taking place between the Germans and invasion forces on the Normandy Peninsula, about 31 miles southwest of Le Havre. Another bulletin, also from Berlin Radio and unconfirmed, says the British-American landing operations against the western coast of Europe from the sea and from the air are stretching over the entire area between Cherbourg and Le Havre, a distance of about 60 miles. I repeat, there is no confirmation. And here's another bulletin just in, DNB, the German agency says, uh, this is unconfirmed, that the most important airdromes in the area of the Normandy Peninsula of France have been wiped out. Now, I presume that means wiped out by the Allies. Uh, As you may have heard on earlier broadcasts, all three German news agencies have begun broadcasting uh, these stories that the invasion is here. But there is no allied confirmation as yet. The first report came out... This is NBC Radio that happened. This is at 3.30 a.m. Eastern War Time. We we had a a war zone times um, trying to synchronize to coordinate with the Allies. Instead of Eastern Standard or Eastern Daylight, we had Eastern War Time. Uh, back then on June 6, 1944. This is the broadcast you would have heard if you were a WSB listener at 3.30 a.m. 
uh, Eastern Wartime. WSB at the time was uh, an NBC affiliate, NBC radio affiliate. And that's the broadcast you would have heard here in Atlanta, uh, rousing people in the middle of the night to go to church. Uh, D-Day happening on this day, June 6, 1944. Uh, Y'all, welcome, by the way. It is Eric Erickson here, and the phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I want to spend a few minutes on the Melania Trump coverage. I mentioned it the other day, but now the media is in defense mode. All you people who are criticizing the media for talking about Melania Trump, what about Hillary Clinton and your obsession with your health? You know, this really is the, the argument prominent journalists are making today. By the way, uh, hat tip to Jake Tapper at CNN, who's been uh, really critical of his colleagues today. Uh, even some at CNN who have been focused on this Melania Trump health story. Jake Tapper taking to social media this afternoon to say this is a ridiculous story. She's not a candidate for office. She's a private citizen who had surgery. Leave her alone. Uh, this is beneath the dignity of the media to cover the story. And it is the, for the reporters out there who are saying, well, you conservatives were obsessed with Hillary Clinton's health because she was running for president of the United States. You idiots. Yes. There's a fundamental difference there. Melania Trump eh, did not run for office, did not seek office. As far as we know, did not want the office, uh, did not even want to be first lady of the United States. She just is because her husband won an election. None of them thought he was going to win, but he did. So she is. And she had surgery a week ago. I mean, you've got people like David Frum out there uh, who I know uh, who are speculating that maybe the president beat her and, and the bruises need to heal or something. Um, and for all this nonsensical dismissing, uh, it, it's just, it's, I mean, for people you have like J, uh, Brian Settler, who who I know and like at, at CNN, he's a good guy, he actually is, but he's all oh, of these people, the, the president just citing a handful of people on Twitter. No, he's citing people with blue check marks who have hundreds of thousands of followers who are speculating that Melania Trump has been beaten or had plastic surgery or, or what have you. Um, uh, idle speculation by prominent people is worth commenting on, and it drew the president's fire this morning as people are literally out there suggesting maybe he beat her up. Uh, It's just offensive, horrific coverage. This is a private citizen. She may live in the White House, but she did not want to live in the White House. She did not run for office. And there is a huge difference between focusing on the health of a candidate for president of the United States and focusing on the health of the first lady of the United States, who doesn't have to do anything if she doesn't want to, because, again, it's a ceremony office for which she is completely unpaid. It is really unseemly. I thank you. Now, I've got to correct the record. I, I, I try never to make mistakes on this program, but if I do, I correct them. And the other day I said that Baronel Stutzman, the florist in Oregon, her case was not headed to the Supreme Court because of the, the death of Scalia. They they halted it, but I was corrected yesterday and then actually read an article about this morning that, yes, they did halt it because of the Scalia death, but um, they have granted her cert. She will be going to the Supreme Court for her case. Um, And it's worth reviewing that hers is the case that Christian groups have always wanted to go to the Supreme Court because hers is the case where the uh, customers were already existing customers. They wanted her to prepare two gay men, wanted her to do the flower arrangements for their um, wedding. She declined to do so, even though she had a long-term relationship with them and they did not file suit against her. The One of them complained on Facebook, and the Attorney General of Oregon, wanting to run for governor, saw it, 
uh, and savaged Baronel Stutzman and, and took took on the case himself. Uh, and now you're reading press reports that the two men did sue her, but that's not actually true. The attorney general decided to do it on as a state case against her for discrimination. Um, and the men did not want it to happen, by the way. Um, so they, they've wanted her case to go to the Supreme Court. It's the one that the left has really wanted not to go to the Supreme Court. And it looks like it's going to head there. Uh, and so good. I, I hope she wins it. You know, InterVarsity, the, the Christian organization, they have a very long-term relationship with Wayne State University in Michigan InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And there are 91 student groups on Wayne State University's campus. There are multiple religious groups among those 91 groups. And of those 91 groups, 90 of them have been given a pass by the administration at Wayne State uh, that they don't have to do anything different to reorganize as the campus becomes very hostile to faith-based organizations. But Wayne State University has made one of them, uh, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, change its organization so that its leadership need not be professing Christians to be in charge of the group. They, and because InterVarsity refused, they've been thrown off campus. There are now 90 groups on campus. And InterVarsity has filed suit because the Jewish organizations and the Muslim organizations, even the Catholic organization, were not forced to change their bylaws to allow people not of those faiths to be in charge. But the InterVarsity Christian Fellowship was required to change. And so they are already citing in their legal briefs in court, they're citing Masterpiece Cake Shop. Uh, already, they, they did so today. I, I was uh, the Beckett um, Religious Liberty Group uh, has uh, updated its documents in light of this case in its court pleadings to make the court aware of that, you know, there's clear hostility towards a, this faith-based organization because there are other faith-based organizations on this college campus and they weren't required. Only the um, broad Christian group, the one that takes Christians of all denominations, was required to change its charter to allow non-Christians to be in charge of the group. Uh, and they have suffered hostility on that campus, and they will probably win because of the Masterpiece Cake Shop. Uh, and, you know, for people who are, and I'm rather pessimistic about Masterpiece, but I've talked to a lot of lawyers today who do religious liberty work, and they all said, be more optimistic because they have never seen a case about religious liberty discrimination where the government officials kept their mouths shut. They, they, they are unaware of cases. Usually there's always at least one bureaucrat so dripping with contempt for people of faith um, that someone always goes on record uh, with bigoted comments towards people of faith, uh, that, that this happens all the time, or they're treated completely differently from every other group, which is the case with Wayne State. So that's encouraging at least. And Baronel Stutzman, her case will be before the court next year. Let me take a quick time out for a word for a very awesome sponsor whose glass I might have sitting next to me as I record this, uh, and that would be Man Crate. So y'all listen. 
whether you're getting gifts for yourself, you got to like do a list for your family to give you something or you're buying for your dad or someone else. Uh, the fact is that gift giving for guys, particularly guys who can buy stuff for themselves, is difficult, uh, which is why I really like man crates. And for this Father's Day, you can get your dad or put it on the list for yourself, something for your dad. There is like a whiskey appreciation crate or a knife making crate. They actually come in wooden crates with a crowbar for you to open. I got one from Man Crates a while back, and it was a personalized bar set. Uh, it had pint glasses for beer with my name on them. It had uh, coasters with my name on it. It was really cool. Really like Man Crates. Uh, have for a while. It is a great way to get a good gift for a guy. You can get special Father's Day discounts today at mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a limited time offer. It's only for Father's Day. So go today. That's mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a good gift. You'll enjoy it for yourself and whoever you get it for, they're going to enjoy it too. I need to make one more point on the Masterpiece Cake Shop case. Uh, by the way, uh, so Jack Phillips had a really good interview with uh, the Today Show. Uh, and the the report, it was uh, Huda and, and Savannah Guthrie were actually rather sympathetic to him in his situation and allowed him to, to clarify what actually had happened. Um, so kudos to the Today Show for actually treating that interview not with the hostility I would have expected from the mainstream media. But um, I want to point one thing out. You know, there are a number of left-wing Christian groups in America uh, beyond the, uh, well, no, I was going to say beyond the Episcopal Church, but then I said the left-wing Christian groups, they're not really Christian anymore, are they? Um, a, a, but there are left-wing liberal Christian groups, some of them, the, the, the Red Letter Bible people and the, the Sojourners group that Jim Wallace is is with or or uh, Rachel held held uh, I wanted to say heretic uh, Rachel uh, heretic held Evans and uh, others out there and it's been interesting to see how quiet they've been after the masterpiece cake shop because you know for a long time you people like like Evans and Jim Wallace and others they have disputed the idea that Christians could ever be persecuted in America and along comes the United States Supreme Court with a decision where Anthony Kennedy joined two liberals, uh, Stephen Breyer and Alina Kagan, and said, yes, and in fact, this is this is a hostility and bigotry to Christians. This is persecution, where a, a Christian is being compared to a Nazi for living out his faith, um, where a, a Christian is being told that his faith is just uh, rhetoric, uh, is nonsense, isn't real, uh, God's not real. Jesus isn't real. So this is all a bunch of, of rhetoric to cover for bigotry. I mean, that, that's what these people were saying on the Colorado Civil Rights Commission to Jack Phillips. And you haven't heard anything from these left-wing Christian groups. You haven't heard a word from them about this case. And you know and I know darn well that if the case had gone the other way, they would be releasing statements praising the Supreme Court saying, it's time for tolerance. I mean, where's David Gushy here in Atlanta at Emory? It's time for tolerance. Well, the Supreme Court says it's time for tolerance of Christians in America. It's just, it's, it's worth pointing out that uh, these left-wing, and I use air quotes when I say Christian, left-wing Christian groups are all about tolerance for uh, a secular sexuality and, and worldview 
uh, all about tolerance for those who are hostile to the faith. Uh, but he, here comes a huge victory for people of faith in this country with the Supreme Court noting uh, the bigotry of, of the secular left towards Christians and just not a word from any of these people. Very, very telling if you ask me. Now, there's another thing that's very telling to me, and that is well, the death toll we need to talk about. I'm not talking about the volcanoes. Uh, I'm talking about the, the massive, massive death toll that has flown under the radar in this country that no one seems to be paying attention to. Thousands and thousands and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people dead, and there aren't any press reports on it. I'll tell you what I'm talking about when we come back. 39 after the hour, Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. We need to talk about the massive death toll that no one is reporting. Huge Staggering numbers, many people dead, and the media is not covering it. I'm talking, of course, about tax reform. All the Democrats told us massive numbers of people would die because of it. And we're, we're now, it is June 6th, it is the anniversary of D-Day, and there have not been any press reports. I went looking, folks. In fact, I called Paul Ryan's office earlier to ask if they could provide me the data for all of the deaths from tax reform, and they've got nothing. Nothing. Nancy Pelosi told us people would die. Democrats across the nation told us people would die. And I want to know, where are the bodies? The government is clearly covering up a grand conspiracy of death. And you know what? Oh, hush up, Siri. You know what? You know what the government has? You know what the government has? The government has data showing that we're at full employment. There are more jobs now available in this country than there are workers to fill the jobs. And do you know why there are no workers to fill the jobs? I bet it's because they all died. And the government's making it up. They're, they're, they're making up the data to suggest that, no, it's just there's a labor shortage because the economy's doing so well. How can that be? There must be a conspiracy. Now, I, 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 I jest, I, I do, but y'all remember the rhetoric here. The rhetoric was over the top. And the Democrats, of course, are not going to be called to account for that rhetoric by the media in the same way that so many Republicans are called to account for their words when they're running against Donald Trump. And, and they're like, oh, you used to call him a buffoon, Senator Graham. Why don't you say that now? The, the Democrats are never going to be held to the same, same standard on that. And we should just come to expect it. But you know, you know what, what's really, really, really insane right now? Is the Democrats are livid that the Senate is going to stay in session to handle nominations. The reason is because the Democrats are actually concerned they may lose a couple of seats in the Senate. The, the Republican majority may increase. They, they had been very confident they could actually take the Senate, but now they're starting to think otherwise. And they're really upset that McConnell is going to make them stay in August and take difficult votes, uh, messaging votes, that will hurt the Democrats in November. And they're starting to cry foul about it. And there's nothing they can do. It's the same thing they've done to Republicans in the past. Although the only difference now is that the media is treating them sympathetically in a way they would have never treated the GOP sympathetically on this issue. You've got the, this raging economy. You've, you've got no deaths from the tax cuts. And the Democrats are going to have to stay and take difficult votes. And they're going to push through more judges over August. 
and the Democrats aren't happy about that either. I actually opened the radar app during break while Doug was checking traffic um, because I, I thought, you know what? Uh, I better see the weather's been so good. Uh, I wonder if it's storming and well, I, j- I can't believe the weather has been so phenomenal. Uh, I'm sorry, distraction. I, I just li- listen. If, if y'all are outside enjoying yourselves on the lake and not listening to me, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. If you're out there enjoying the lake and you're listening to me, I'm really cool with that. But man, this weather, my goodness, I was supposed to have a, a lunch meeting on Friday uh, in Atlanta and had to cancel it because I need to be home so that my wife can go on a motorcycle ride because she hadn't been able to ride in the last couple of weeks and she's desperate to go. And I didn't want any ugly crying in the Erickson household. I will be filling in for Herman on Friday, by the way, from 11 to 12, I'll be in for Herman. And after that, then she's going to go off into the wilderness on her motorcycle with friends of hers. Um, when we come back, I, I want to spend a moment on an issue that conservatives need to think about better. The, the rise of the machine taking the place of the worker. Um, I'm not sure. I, I get the reason why, and I'm okay with it if the left is going to jack up the minimum wage, but there we should recognize there are some problems. All right, before we get out of here this evening, McDonald's is saying it intends to um, do the automated machine kiosks for ordering in all of its uh, stores around the country, uh, roll them out over the rest of this year. I, I have to tell you, I've used them and I like them. I do. Uh, and more often than not, I, uh, my order is right when I use that machine. Yeah, 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 okay. Y'all can laugh at me. I, I don't like pickles on burgers. I don't like pickles. I like sweet pickles in certain things, but but I don't like dill pickles. I ne- I've never liked dill pickles. And I don't like them on my hamburger. I, I do not like pickles on my hamburger. And yes, I, I, I'm I'm not a cheeseburger fan. I know, I know, I know, I know, no. I'll make you a cheeseburger, but I'm just never been a cheeseburger fan. I like cheese on pizza. I uh, like cheese in a, in a sandwich, but I don't like cheese on my burger. I never have. Uh, if I get a cheeseburger, I'll eat it, but I'd prefer it without the cheese. Um, but I really don't like pickles on it. And so I always, if I go through a McDonald's or somewhere, if I'm with the kids and it's, I, I, I want no pickles. I want extra ketchup because I don't put enough ketchup on my burger. Uh, and I don't want pickles. And if I use the kiosk, nine times out of ten, it's right. If I don't use the kiosk and actually stand up there and, and order, uh, probably six out of ten times, it's right. Um, the, the degree at which it gets correct is is decreased by using the human operator. Now, they're paying $15 an hour. That That's really expensive for restaurants. And people think McDonald's is a huge corporation and so it can pay more. And it doesn't, people forget it's actually small businesses. McDonald's are typically small businesses. Uh, franchisers who have a, a, or franchisees rather, who have a handful of stores in an area. And the bottom line, it's tight margins for them. And if you're requiring them to pay $15 an hour, there's a problem. And I really think we're headed to a dangerous place, though, with the rise of the robot flipping hamburger machines. And even though the kiosks, I, I'm, I'm not as opposed to the kiosks, but I, I do wonder we are getting rapidly to a point where technology actually is replacing workers. And this has happened at times in history and rarely has it gone well for people. And if you actually look back historically at those major times of innovation tend to actually be, you can actually put wars on top. 
World War One with with the rise of the automobile and and whatnot. Um, in in the Industrial Revolution causing they destabilize societies, and and I hope that we can put a little more thought into the destabilizing effects because many times in the past, a lot of the technology has been to make your life more efficient, not to replace you. And now more and more is being used to replace people. Uh, and I don't know that that's good. Um, I, I, and I, I don't know that that's actually conservative uh, to be replacing humans um, with machines. And I certainly think it's something we need to spend more time as a society talking about than we do. I'm okay with the kiosk. Because what McDonald's is doing, they're not actually firing all the people who take the who were working at the registers. They're repurposing them in other other locations in the stores, either another person behind the grill or quality control to make sure that the order actually is right. Things like that. They're not laying people off wholesale, but there are. I mean, you get to the driverless cars and the driverless eighteen wheelers and stuff like that. You're getting into all sorts of problems replacing people, and I don't know that we have answers for it. So anyway, points to ponder. I am off to the Noonan Church of Christ to give a speech, and I will see you guys tomorrow.